Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. Today, I am talking on a little bit of a different spin than we've been before. Right now, I'm trying to make sure that we branch out into the industry and talk to all sorts of women in the insurance space. So we are talking to Rhonda Cox, who is the Vice President of Operations with Coverica Insurance in Dallas. So Rhonda, hi, nice to talk to you today. Hi, thank you for having me. Excited to visit. Well, thanks. Thanks. Now, Rhonda, you and I have known each other for a little while. My agency and your agency are kind of, um, you guys are with SIAA and I, my agency is an SIAA member agency. So we've known each other for a while and I have been with uh, Coverica for about, I've uh, on 19 years in January, which is just wow. really, really long. Um, but anyway, um, I'm getting to that point in my, my life where all these numbers are starting to add up and I'm like, wow, what did that come from? Right. Right. <laughs> So, um, Rhonda, I would love to hear about how you got into the insurance industry, a little bit about your journey and um, kind of, you know, where you kind of found that you have fallen into is director of operations is a really, really broad term in any business because you're directing all of the operations, right? So you're talking about so many different aspects of an agency. So tell me a little bit about how you got into insurance. Okay, sure. Um, so early on, I, um, I I grew up in a small town in North Louisiana, um, and uh, my early twenties, um, been through the college experience and preparing for a wedding, and so I thought, you know, I need to have a real job. I need to to get out there and see what's available. Um, so I found this opportunity, um, insurance had no idea really what it was all about. Cause you know, at that point, my parents had always taken care of all of that. So I went to the interview, um, was offered the opportunity and it was with actually an insurance company, commercial union. Um, and so they offered me an opportunity on the claim side, starting out typing claim checks. And so within about three months, um, from starting, they offered me an opportunity to be trained into an adjuster role, claims adjuster role. So um, I get on a plane, never been on a plane before, boarded a plane for three weeks to Boston uh, for training. And uh, that was just, that was quite an experience, um, quite an eye opener. And I, I think I grew up quite a bit in that three week period, but a lot of great training. Um, it, people in the industry know that the claims, it's where you learn the meat of the contracts and the coverages and, and you know, working and, and serving alongside people helping with claims. It's just such a tremendous basic knowledge um, experience. So I served in the claims world um, for about five, um, five years, I guess. And um, Commercial Union ended up closing that office. And so I found myself looking for a new opportunity. And with that, I ended up with an agency there, a large agency there in Shreveport. Um, and they um, had a large fast food program, insurance program. And they had a, in that particular office, we had a claim staff. And so I was invited in to oversee the, the claim side um, for the, the fast food program. And my career with that agency was lasted about um, 15 years. And during that time, I, I served on the claim side. I moved more into the client service side. 
um, and then ultimately relocated to Dallas from Louisiana to their office here and um, took over the responsibilities of branch manager in a, within a year. Um, nice. About 25 individuals, uh, sales and service. Um, so continued um, that path and then the agency was actually sold. Um, both agencies that I worked with in Louisiana, now the purchasing agent, the family owned. Um, so I've been very blessed in my career to be able to work with um, agencies that are family owned, the owners, the, the principals are there involved day in and day out. Um, so I was with that agency uh, for about seven years and um, had an opportunity to explore a different aspect of the industry. And that was um, on the MGA side or the broker side, um, all the while serving in an operations capacity, working primarily with service, uh, the service staff. Um, so that, that company actually had national layoffs, a couple of rounds over a two year period. And then my position, my boss's position was eliminated. And that led me to where I am now, Coverica in 2011. So I've been here coming up on uh, nine years now. And my role, and, and to your point, operations can mean different things in different industries, different businesses. Here in this, in Coverica world, I work most closely with the client service uh, managers and um, work part of the, I'm a member of the leadership team. So part of my responsibilities um, are oversight, working with the other members of the leadership team of the agency, the direction we're going, the future of the agency, as well as day-to-day -day working with client service managers and you know, our best practices and making sure that, you know, we're doing the very best service for our client that we can. Um, we happen to own our building, so I'm also involved somewhat in, in the facilities aspect of it, working alongside the owner. Um, so that's kind of a fast track of, of my career. We can dig into it uh, a little bit, a little bit more. Absolutely. Well, what what do you think has been the most, I don't know, rewarding part of your career as far as because you've been so many different places, you've done so many different things, and you've gone through so many different aspects of, like you said, you've worked for family-owned agencies, you've worked for an MGA. What do you feel like as far as the things that have just set your soul on fire that you've just loved the most? Helping others, um, whether that is our client whether it's our partner carriers, whether it's our employees, just being able to help. Um, that's, that's what lights my fire. I've always, that's been me my whole life. Um, that's, that's what I like to do. I'm kind of a, a caretaker individual, uh, a, a mama bee, if you will. Um, so that's, you know, helping, helping people do their job easier. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, seeing clients that are satisfied, talking to clients that are satisfied, that's what sets me on fire. And what do you think as far as, because I know you mentioned that you're really into the, the client relationship and service coordinating that team and, and really making sure that the clients of Coverica have um, and the team delivers the very best. What do you find has been the biggest deal breaker in that? I mean, deal maker, not breaker, sorry. The deal biggest, 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 um, or even just a couple of things that you feel like you guys have been able to really embrace that has been able to make a really big difference for your team. Cause I know change is never hard. And we've kind of talked about that a little bit here and there change in waking it in helping a team 
guide that direction, that they um, really make a big difference in other people's lives. Everybody wants to do that, but nobody wants to necessarily make the changes to do that. Or people are making too many changes and it's just too much too fast. So how do you find that balance and what have you found that has really helped you to be able to be most impactful with your team, which then is most impactful to the clients at Coverica? Well, we have um, a few standards here in the agency, and I'll start back about five or six years ago. Um, we really started talking about the culture and the ability to bring in talent and, you know, not to be cliche, but being in the right seat of the bus and the right bus. Mm -hmm. And so we adopted a couple of tools. Um, one is culture index. Um, if you're not familiar with that, it's um, the ability to um, have new hire candidates and our own staff, our existing staff, uh, participate in this survey. And it really helps to identify the core traits of an individual. Um, it measures their autonomy. Um, are they more of a sales-driven individual where they can work more independently? Are they more of a client service team oriented, want to build and nurture relationship type individuals? So that really helps set us on the path for that individual of, of they're going to be more focused on sales or more, more focused on service. So it really, when you have candidates come in to interview, you know, they walk in, you have the resume, but you don't really know who they are. You can't really get a look deeper. And so this tool has really helped us um, get to know people, um, what their core strengths are. So that's one tool that we adopted and has really been very helpful for us. Um, because we also, our, our employees take it every year and it helps the, with the communication piece because um, what we do know is that usually sales-minded individuals and service-minded individuals really don't think a lot alike. Um, but yet they work together so closely every day. I call it their dance um, and the communication of that. Um, you know, you have those really challenging days with those clients that have this specific need that you're really searching to help them with. Um, and producers are out there, you know, hearing no sometimes, you know, when they're trying to make that sale. And so, you know, client service the managers are here trying to, to help facilitate that. So sometimes um, you just kind of have to take a deep breath and go, okay, we're here together as a team. And so um, the culture index also helps, helps us understand each other's communication style. So beyond the culture index, we um, implemented um, an entrepreneurial operating system called Traction. And this is a, a operating style really that has aligned teams and every week the teams are meeting and it's all focused on open and honest communication and identifying issues that really need to be discussed and, and talked through and worked through. So that was another stepping stone for us in terms of building, continuing to build the culture where people feel open and honest and be able to communicate with each other. And that's every week you guys have those meetings, right? Uh -huh. And they're mandatory. We, we kind of laugh about it. It's, you know, there's only two reasons why you, you miss PTO because we want people to have their time away and you're not breathing anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we say that in jest sometimes, but um, because there are client needs, you know, that do take precedence sometimes, but um, but we've, we've developed that about three years or implemented that about three years ago. Uh, we are a fast moving organization. Um, we are um, always looking forward. We have something that we call the Coverica 40. 
um, and it's looking 40 years out. Um, you know, a lot of um, companies are, are looking today and beyond a few weeks or a few months or a couple of years, but the strategy of what does the agency look like five years from now, 10 years from now, and, you know, having your staff in alignment with that and those that really want that. Um, and so that's, um, our culture probably is, is the one thing that I, that I'm, I feel so passionate about. Um, we, like I said earlier, work hard, play hard. Uh, we have, you know, a close team here and it's really neat to see people. Okay. How can I help you today? You know, you need a little help today. I may need a little help tomorrow. So how do we keep that, that dance going? Right. Right. What do you think, um, as far as the culture and when you guys really started making that shift, cause I think, there's so many, especially in the smaller business realm or smaller agency realm. How many, how many employees does Caverica have? Uh, 110-ish. 110, wow. So those of us who don't have 110, you know, I mean, I have a much, much, much smaller agency. But as we tried to be able to really create that culture, how did you guys kind of make that shift? Because especially with 110 people, bringing up culture and traction and all of these things had to have had some had some pushback on that did you guys find that the the team was really really open for that and then how did you guys really present that in a way that got as many people on board as possible to be able to make some of those changes because whenever we talk about creating the agency culture and all those you're you're really talking about as well about reiterating certain concepts almost repetitively and being very intentional about how you really guide the business in a certain direction and so um how did you guys deal with some of either the um setting that tone as well as being able to uh deal with any type of feedback or a pushback maybe that you guys got from any type of employees how did y'all deal with that well, uh, one thing that I didn't mention earlier that I think is, is really key for us, um, our mission statement and our core values. And both of those center so closely around treating others as ourselves and doing the right thing, even if it hurts. And, and so we talk a lot about that day in and day out. And we talk about what the Coverica bus looks like. And so we're, we're open and honest and we're transparent. You know, we have what we call all hands meetings every quarter. And during those sessions, we share information. We share financial information. We talk about our goals, our objectives. So we really spent a lot of time talking to the team about traction, about culture index, you know, what, what these tools will help us, how they will help us move forward. Um, and there are things that we talk about and we explore and we may decide, okay, now's not the right time. Uh, we need to kind of balance the changes. So it is, it is a, a fine line between continuing to move forward and be innovative right. and be mindful of, you know, what the capacity of the team is to be able to embrace those changes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, our, our team is, is no different than, than teams in other ways that, you know, okay, change, wait a minute, let me, let me digest this. Um, and sometimes we just have to demonstrate it, you know, um, until you, you experience it, it's kind of hard to understand really what it's all about. Um, but it's been really, it's interesting thing for me that I noticed was when we first scheduled, start scheduling the team meetings, um, I thought, okay, people are going to be out on PTO or, you know, they're going to not going to be at the meeting. 
it was the complete opposite of that. People, I mean, people made sure they weren't scheduling PTO on meeting days um, as much as possible, just because they didn't want to miss that meeting. They didn't want to miss that discussion. And that's that aha moment of, okay, yeah, this is really making a difference. Yeah, when people are specifically scheduling to make sure they make a meeting. I mean, <laughs> how many times do you go, no, I can't, I don't know, go do whatever. I need to make sure I'm at a meeting. I mean, yeah, I agree with you completely. That really shows the investment that mm -hmm. your team is making in with y'all and um, and in that space. I think that's, that's awesome. Now, I know that you also are very involved in other areas of the insurance industry, not just necessarily with Coverica. Tell me a little bit about your journey with... Um, I know you're uh, you're the current president right now of IIAD, which is the Dallas chapter of the Independent Insurance Agents of Texas, but it's of Dallas. But um, that, how did you get involved with that, and um, why why do you? I know it's not a small investment of time and energy either. So I'd love to hear about your journey with that as well. Absolutely. So. Um, about seven years ago, the, the Independent Insurance Agents of Dallas is a nonprofit um, entity, and then there's a for-profit um, part of the um, operation called in Insurance Employment Services. And um, IES works with member agencies um, to help with placement, candidate placement. So if you're looking to hire a new account manager or a producer, or if a company is looking to hire a new underwriter, this is insurance specific placement service. So I was contacted about joining the, the board for IES um, about five, six years ago, I guess. So I served for two years on that board. Um, and that, that time commitment was, you know, the monthly meetings and, and conversations in between and, you know, really seeing how we could help um, with that journey for the IES um, portion of the, the association. So two years later, I was invited to um, serve as a director on the board for IIAD. Um, there are 14 board members, including the executive director. We have um, approximately 100 and 120 member agents here in the Metroplex of all different sizes. Um, and so the, the opportunity to serve there was was being able to work alongside peers in the industry um, and to share experiences, to network um, not only with other agencies, but our partner carriers that are so vital to, to the success of an agency um, and our sponsors of the association. There are um, several key events every year that the association holds. Um, philanthropic opportunities through the association, giving back to um, charities um, is also an important part of that, um, but but keeping relevant really more than anything. What are agencies needing from the association? Um, you know, a lot of continuing education, um, so that not not just to satisfy your hours that you need for your license, but really professional development. Oh, right, and so we have um, a lot of partner carriers that participate in that to to help with the the training. So I um, served a year on the board and was invited into the executive committee. So I served first as the secretary treasurer, vice president, and as you mentioned, this year is my um, presidential term. Um, so one more month in this fiscal year, um, and it's been quite an interesting one, one that we've never um, experienced before. So I definitely will always treasure and, and remember this, this year um, just 
working with the executive director, working with the board and trying to facilitate what does, um, how do we continue to serve our members during a, a pandemic? Um, when, you know, everybody's schedules and, and work atmospheres have been complete, completely changed around. Yep. Um, and how do we navigate that and continue to be relevant? So thank goodness for Zoom. We've had a lot of, a lot of fun yeah. Zoom meetings. <laughs> Can you imagine this 10 years ago? You know, I mean, if it wouldn't have been for that, I mean, you know, conference calls are one thing, but Zoom is, Zoom is so much better because you get to see people and interact with people and you do feel like you're actually having a meeting, but at the same point, you know, it's, it's still not the same thing. So at least we have that rather than just on the phone conference calls, you know, kind of thing. Absolutely. So. I agree. I know a lot of when all this pandemic started, I know a lot of people didn't even know what Zoom was or what Zoom could offer. And now it's like Zoom. We all know what that is. You know, it's, it's now it's just, you know, a part of a part of a, of the world, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. it's interesting. So if you were a young woman starting off in the insurance industry, I think it's always interesting. I don't know that everybody completely knows I don't know. And I still, by doing these podcasts, I learned so much. I actually interviewed a lady not too long ago um, who is with cyber insurance, with Marsh Insurance, and just what her experience was. And she has an undergrad degree in risk management. And just hearing the her perspective on the insurance industry is just completely different from mine because, you know, I mean, I have an elementary education degree. I kind of came in through family means. So you know, it's like we all kind of come and go in different ways. And it's such a cool industry because it really facilitates so many different levels and so many different people and personalities and timelines and, and everything. So if you were somebody out there starting off inside the insurance industry, what would you, what advice would you give somebody to make sure that they could really have a fulfilling career in the insurance industry? So this is um, something that, that we've been working on a lot here at Coverica. We, um, in January, one of our um, producers, younger producers, um, put his foot in the door at one of our local colleges and um, launched what we now know as our intern program. We, in January, we brought in 11, I believe 11 interns. And the, the thought was, and they're all in the um, insurance financial um, program at the school. Um, and so the thought was that they would be brought in more of a commercial uh, focus, more of a sales focus. Um, excuse me. And so it's been a lot of fun this last six months to take the journey with these 11 individuals and watch them find kind of their niche. And so um, about a month or two into it, there were three interns in particular that their culture index profile and their own experience, they discovered that they really were, would be more suited for service instead of the sales aspect of it. And so we've taken these three ladies on a journey and my very first conversation with them um, I said, you know, this is a journey that you can make whatever you want to out of it, but what a career. I said, we've got, because at the time I had 12 um, account management service staff on the commercial line side, and I said, if you talk to any one of those individuals, they probably would have told you that they kind of fell into insurance um, because, you know, they've had. That's what we hear. I mean, right. I think we're on like podcast um 
25, 27. I, I, I kind of, because I, I, I record probably four or five at once, I kind of get my numbers all mixed up, but we're right around in there. <clears throat> and I'm going to say probably 90% of them, most of our conversations say nobody grows up wanting to be in insurance. <laughs> you know what I mean? And nobody right. dreams of being in insurance, but we all kind of found our way there either, you know, that they started off as a receptionist and, and just loved the, loved the business and stayed with it. And now they're, you know, in whatever phase they're in. But um, I think we're seeing that change a little bit of people who are intending to go into risk management. They could be so many different things into the business corporate insurance world. And um, I think it, it is, it's bringing into us a little bit of different professional now, I think it coming into future generations than we've really seen. Well, and you know, the, I haven't heard too much talk about it the last year or so, but in the last five years, a lot of conversation in the industry was that void that we were going to have in another five, 10 years yeah. as people who more seasoned in the industry were starting to, to retire out or, whatever the case may be, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to fill right. those positions? So we dedicated our agency to a training agency. We do not shy away from bringing people into the industry. They don't have to be college students. They could be someone looking for a career change um, and training them up. And so we have, you know, a full-time training person. We have um, people that we've kind of designated as training champions. They, you know, they enjoy that aspect of it, teaching and training people. And so we've embraced it. Um, and so we, you know, the last probably five hires that, that I personally made on the client service side have been new to the industry or newer within a year to the industry and just working with those individuals. But going back to the, the three interns that I, that I mentioned, there's, there's since full-time client service in training. But when I sat down with them, you know, they were coming out of college recent getting ready to graduate and they wanted to know what that career path was. Mm -hmm. and so we sat down and I charted out the first year and I said, okay, here, you know, if you achieve these objectives, this is where you could be in a year. And so it started with the simple as the license, you know, you, you need your license. But then beyond that, there are um, educational tools that we use um, to help launch them into what does a workflow look like. And then beyond that, there are designations. Um, and then obviously there's hands-on day-to-day training. But you know, here's what you can, in a year, and that's about the time frame that we see that it takes for someone with no insurance experience to be able to have a, a book of business that they're servicing. And that may vary from individual to individual. We have some that really want to, you know, just nose to the grindstone and they're going to make it before a year. And then some that that's their natural pace. Um, so it was interesting to watch them go from, okay, I'm not just talking to clients all day or doing data entry all day, but this really is a career um, and a career that, you know, I think the, the pay scale in the insurance industry on the client service side is, is a very nice living for someone. Um, and, you know, I know not just our agency, I know agencies, companies in general are really working for that work-life balance. And so, you know, you can be a mom, you know, you can work full time, you can have that career and, and find that balance. So. Right. Absolutely. And I, and I love the fact that with insurance, you can um, just, 
meet so many different people. You're so in tune with different personalities and different people and different um, businesses. I mean, if you do corporate, you know, business insurance, if you do uh, personal insurance, it's just such a personal relationship connection. And I think a lot of people can do a lot of different things with that. And I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk a lot about the partnership here too. And I, I equate it to like a three-legged stool. So really it's the client, it's the agency and it's the the partner carriers, the insurance companies. And, you know, collectively we have that, that partnership. Um, and I talk a lot about with, with new hires, um, the nobility of the industry. I mentioned that word earlier, but I do really feel like that's important because, you know, we're here when people need us to be here. Right. Um, and, you know, we're providing them with, with services and products and tools that are going to help protect their, you know, what's important to them. And when you take your first call where that client is stranded on the side of the road or you get that call on the weekend where their house is flooding and, you know, they truly are reliant on us um, to be their advocate. And, you know, I just feel like that that's such a noble profession. I remember when my kids were growing up and getting ready to graduate high school and thinking about careers. And I kept talking to them about insurance and they were like, Oh mom, that's so boring. That's so boring. You you just go to the office every day. And as they got older and having conversations with them and now, you know, they were purchasing insurance and they were needing insurance and their friends were selling insurance and having fabulous careers. It was like, Oh, okay. I I get it now. You know, so um, there are so many facets of it. You're right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, okay. So if you, uh, <clears throat> if somebody wants to reach on out to you and maybe connect with you to be able to talk to you a little bit more about being a power woman in the insurance space, what, uh, how would you like for them to be able to reach on out to you and connect? Oh, absolutely. My email, uh, Rhonda.cox at Coverica, C-O-V is in Victor, E-R-I-C-A.com. Um, my number is 972-490-2249. Um, my cell, happy to give that 972-489-8147. So I would love to chat. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Rhonda, I know that you do so many different things in the insurance industry and you really help a lot of people through your involvement at IAAD and really the uh, coaching mentor type uh, approach that you really take to running the operations at Coverica. And I know that I really, really appreciate just all you've done um, for Coverica as well as for the Coverica partner agencies. So I really think that um, I'm excited to have you on today and um, you've just given us a plethora of things to be able to think about. Thank you very much. Well, happy to be here. All right, everybody. This is the Power Women in Insurance podcast. Please do make sure that you subscribe below so that that way you can get notices whenever we have amazing women that are interviewed and that we are able to sit down and talk a little bit about their insurance career and about all the things going on in their uh, ability to be able to really reach on out and connect with other women in the insurance space. Everybody, thank you so much for your time and have a wonderful day.